This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. And Jesus said to the disciples, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. And nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. And therefore I said to you that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The gospel of the Lord. I want to take this, that as my text this morning, or part of it, from John's Gospel, in particular John's Gospel chapter 16, and beginning at verse 5. Uh, John's Gospel chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. And if you have a New Testament handy, I, I want to encourage you to turn there so that you can follow along. Uh, John's Gospel chapter 16, and beginning at verse 5. And this morning I want to talk uh, on this subject of the Holy Spirit speaking truth. The Holy Spirit speaking truth to the both to the world and to the church. The setting for what uh, Jesus says here is the night on which he was betrayed. That is the night that he washed the disciples' feet. The things that, by the way, we celebrate and remember, and commemorate on Monday, Thursday. He washed the disciples' feet. He instituted uh, the sacrament of Holy Communion. Uh, he took the bread and the, and the wine on this night, and he said, do these things in remembrance of me. And Jesus is saying to the disciples that he's going away, and in particular that he's going back to, the, to, to God, the Father, who had sent him into the world in the first place. And the, the disciples who had left everything to follow him, and they had been following him now for some three years, they're deeply grieved at the thought that he's going away. But Jesus says that uh, in point of fact, it is to their great advantage uh, that he go away. Because in his place, he's going to be sending, as he says in this uh, whole section, another comforter, another, uh, uh, another paraclete, as it is in the uh, Greek, uh, another advocate, uh, in particular, the Holy Spirit, 
whom Jesus says in chapter 14 of this section of John and verse 17, that the Holy Spirit, that same Holy Spirit that's with the disciples and who will be in them. And so Jesus is talking about some sort of a significant intensifying of their relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but Jesus says that um, if he doesn't go away, this will never happen. Uh, and so if their lives are, uh, and by extension, our own lives as believers uh, are to be impacted by the Holy Spirit, Jesus says uh, that he must go away if we're to experience what he's describing here. And one of the things Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will do when he comes is speak, that the Holy Spirit will speak. Indeed, in, in Jesus's physical absence, uh, God's uh, speaking truth won't stop. Uh, the dispensation of, of, of divine truth will continue. In fact, Jesus says that uh, not only will the dis, uh, a dispensing of divine truth uh, continue, but when the Holy Spirit comes, uh, the amount of divine truth revealed will in fact be expanded. And Jesus says that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will speak truth, and he will speak truth to the church, and he will speak truth to the world, which is what we're talking about a bit uh, this morning. And that is the Holy Spirit speaking truth to both the church and to the world. And I'd like us to take those in that very order. And so the first is the Holy Spirit speaking to the church. Indeed, notice again, uh, verses 12 through 15. And Jesus says, I have many things to say to you. There's still more, much, much more to be said, but I won't be saying it just now. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Perhaps uh, uh, their, their minds are somewhere else. They, they're just not uh, in the right mind frame to hear them. And when the, But when the, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are yet to come. And he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Indeed, all that the Father has is mine, and therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it unto you. And so Jesus says that when the Holy Spirit speaks to the church, he does not speak in his own words, which might be sort of interesting to us. Uh, it, it, the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. In fact, that's an experience that marks us as true believers, true, true persons who have been born again, to use the language of the Gospel of John. Uh, indeed, uh, when we read uh, Paul in his letter to the Romans, in chapter 8 and verse 14, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul says. He says this, and all who are led or guided by the Holy Spirit are the sons of God. And so the sons of God or the children of God are the same who are led or guided by the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says that when the Holy Spirit speaks, he speaks Christ's words. Indeed, notice again, uh, at verse beginning at verse 12. And that, that whole section, again, still I have many things to say to you, Jesus says, but you can't bear them now. But when the Holy, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. I'm not telling you all the truth now, but he will guide you into all truth. 
for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. What will he hear? You he will hear Christ's words. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Verse 14, and he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine. He will take my words, my message, and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, and therefore I said to you that he will take what is mine. This is an extraordinary sense. All that the Father has is mine, and he will take what is mine, and he will declare it unto you. That is not the sort of thing that an apostle or a prophet or a great teacher would say, that everything that belongs to God belongs to me, and whatever God would say is what I would say. Uh, but when the Holy Spirit speaks, he speaks Christ's words. When he speaks to our hearts, when he speaks through the word, when he speaks through the apostolic witness, uh, he, he doesn't speak on his own authority. He speaks Christ's words and not just repeating what Jesus said when Jesus was uh, having his ministry, when Jesus was with us physically in Palestine. Although that is, by the way, one thing uh, that the Holy Spirit would do. Indeed, in the same section in John, in chapter 14 and verse 26, Jesus says as much. Uh, and so uh, John 14 and verse 26, Jesus says, and the helper, that is the same word that's used here in our text, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. And so that is one of the aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He would remember, he would remind uh, the apostles the things that Jesus said. In fact, I would I expect that that's those are the things that we have in the Gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But even more than repeating what Jesus said during his earthly ministry, the Holy Spirit passes on to us what the ascended Christ is saying. Things which, by and large, we have uh, in our New Testament. The apostolic witness, the result, if you like, of the guiding of the spirit and the spirit of leading them and guiding them into all truth. We have, by and large, uh, in the New Testament. And these are things that we believe because the same Holy Spirit who spoke to them, uh, those things that they eventually wrote down. First they preached them and then they wrote them down. And now we read them so we know what they preached and what they said. But that was all by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit lives within us. And so it, it rings true to us when the Holy Spirit is alive in us. And so when the Holy Spirit brings truth to the church, he doesn't speak his own words. But even more than that, when the Holy Spirit speaks to the truth, the overall aim, according to Jesus, is that Christ is glorified. Indeed, notice again that verses 14 and 15. And he, the Holy Spirit who's coming, he will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. For all that the Father has is mine. And therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it unto you. And so when the Holy Spirit speaks, we might say um, uh, he doesn't um, draw attention to himself. Uh, when he speaks, uh, he he, he glorifies Christ. Uh, in fact, that uh, phrase that he doesn't draw attention to himself uh, is from uh, uh, Peterson's The Message. Uh, what we might say uh, is that the Holy Spirit is humble, which is an extraordinary thing to say. 
Uh, the Holy Spirit is humble. And by the way, where the Holy Spirit is, there is humility. When the Holy Spirit is indwelling us and filling our lives, the same humility that characterizes the Holy Spirit will characterize us. Greg Laurie in his book, Steve McQueen, The, the Salvation of an American uh, Icon, wrote this. He said, I've always maintained that only when we get to the end of ourselves do we get to the beginning of God. In other words, he says, it's hard to have your heart filled with the Holy Spirit when you're already so full of yourself. <laughs> and then I've, I've long loved uh, Tim Keller's definition of humility. I mean, it's, I don't know if I've ever heard anything better, but Keller said that humility is blessed self-forgetfulness. And so the Holy Spirit is humble. And when he speaks, he does so with the primary aim of glorifying Christ. And when he speaks, he, he honors Christ. He points to Christ. There he is. Uh, he exalts Christ. Uh, or I, I was thinking uh, of a great verse uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossians. He said that Christ might have the, in all things, might have the preeminence <laughs> that Christ is the focus. So even when the Holy Spirit is ministering to us and having great influence in our lives, the, his message it, are not his own words, but the words of Christ. And in all of that, he's exalting and honoring and glorifying Christ. And so he declares to us, not what is his own, but that which originates with Christ. And so that's the first thing. The Holy Spirit speaking truth to the church. And then secondly and finally, we have the Holy Spirit speaking truth to the world. Indeed, notice again, uh, beginning at verse 8, verses 8 through 11. And Jesus says, and when he comes, that is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, he will convict or bring a case against you, if you like. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me, Jesus says. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. And then concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And so when the Holy Spirit speaks truth to the world, he, he brings, if you like, a case against the world for rejecting Christ. Indeed, rejecting Christ is the world's uh, primary or paramount uh, spiritual fault, if you like. Indeed, notice again verses 8 and 9. Uh, but but when, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict or bring a case against the world concerning, concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Indeed, the reason why people... In the world, some reject Christ. In this very same Gospel of John, uh, John says, uh, because they love their sin. <laughs> I can so much relate to that. In fact, uh, one, of the, one of the reasons I found uh, Christianity so unappealing when I was a younger person was because of what I th expected was the demand of it. I, did, uh, I, I knew that I couldn't just go on living the way I was living and and follow christ i i knew that those two things were diametrically opposed and i had absolutely no fleshly interest in religion 
uh, one might call it a sense of integrity, if you like. Uh, but anyway, I was an unregenerated person, so integrity or not, that's where I was. But uh, John, uh, in the gospel here, uh, in uh, chapter 3, and beginning at verse 19, talks about this. It says, and this is verse 19 of chapter 3, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. What, what's the light of the world? Well, chapter 8 of John, Jesus is the light of the world. This is the judgment, John says, that the light has come into the world and, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. They loved the darkness and they loved the things that they did in the darkness. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Someone has written that to sin, if you want a definition of sin, sin is saying no to God. <laughs> this person writes, sin is saying no to God. God deserves a yes from us. And we were created in God's image to say yes. Indeed, it is, it is in our ultimate interest to say yes to God every chance we get. But in our pursuit of radical autonomy, and a self and a self a self identity apart from God, we say no instead. And this is the essence of sin: saying no to God. And so, when the Holy Spirit speaks truth to the world, He makes a case against the world for rejecting Christ. Indeed, rejecting Christ is the world's paramount spiritual fault and rejecting christ is the world's paramount spiritual fault jesus says because jesus is everything that he said he is notice again verses 8 and 10 and jesus says and and when the holy spirit comes he will convict the world or bring a case against the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment and then verse 10 and concerning righteousness because i go to the father and you will see me no longer. Now, verse ten is 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 not an uh, is not an easy verse. Uh, but one way to understand it is that the righteousness that's mentioned in the verse is a reference to Christ's righteousness, and the Holy Spirit uh, brings a case against the world because of righteousness, because of Christ's righteousness. Uh, and, and Jesus says, and because I go to the Father, or because I'm received by the Father. Indeed, Jesus is righteous, and that's why the Father receives him. He's the Son with whom the Father is well pleased. He is righteous. And so not to receive the Son, and the way that the Father receives the Son is the case that the Holy Spirit brings against the world. And those who reject the son, you shouldn't reject him. He's not what his enemies said he was. He's exactly what he said he is. And he is exactly what the father loves. Lastly, when the Holy Spirit speaks truth to the world, he pronounces judgment. He judges and brings a case against the world because of sin, because of righteousness, and then finally, because of judgment. Indeed, notice again, verses 8 and then 11. And when he comes, he will convict or bring a case against the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And verse 11, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged.
And so Jesus says that the, the ruler of this world is judged. Presumably, this is a reference to Satan, the ruler of this world. Indeed, uh, in his uh, first letter, John writes in chapter 5 and verse 19, he says, And we know that we're from God and that the whole world, there we are, the world, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And so the world, the ruler of the world is judged, Jesus says. And the, the idea seems to be the, the, the ruler of the world is judged and judge, judgment of the world itself will follow. And so when the Holy Spirit speaks truth to the world, he pronounces judgment against it, which might be a hard truth to hear. Uh, in his book, Home, uh, Where Life Makes Up His Mind, an interesting title, uh, Chuck Swindoll tells a story of, about a man who, whose wife had left early one morning to go on uh, a tour to, to Europe. Uh, and, when his, uh, and, and that very day, their, their poodle dog died. And, uh, and, when the, and when the wife called that evening, she called and, and she said, well, how's everything at the house? And, and the husband said to the wife, well, the dog died. And of course, the, the wife was shocked and, and then she criticized the man a bit for, for telling her in such a blunt way. And, and the husband said, well, well, how should I have told you? And, and she said, well, you, you, you should have broken, broken the news to me gently and maybe you know, told me in, in, in stages. Uh, for instance, when I was in, in New York and, and I called, you, you might have said, well, the dog is on the roof. Uh, and then when I called the, the next day from London, uh, you, you might have said, well, uh, the, uh, the dog fell off the roof. Uh, and then when I got to uh, Paris, uh, you, you might have said, well, uh, the dog's at the veterinarian. And then finally, when I made it to Rome and I, and I called to see how things are going, you, you might have said, uh, well, the dog died. And then changing the subject, she said, um, and, and so how's my mother? And, and the husband said, well, she's on the roof. <laughs> But God is more blunt uh, than that. Indeed, God is always uh, brutally honest. And everything that he says, however, is always with our best interest in mind, regardless of how difficult what he has to say uh, might be. It was Benjamin Franklin who said that the sting, the painful bit in every rebuke is the truth. Our Willem van Gemmeren in his commentary on the Psalms wrote this, revelation comes to us from God always with the purpose of helping us live our lives in harmony with his own life. And so whatever the Holy Spirit might be saying uh, to you this morning personally, as we've looked at this text from John's Gospel, chapter 16, the only thing I can think to tell you to do is to do whatever he's telling you to do. Indeed, what is he telling you to do? And will you do it? Will you say yes to him as he speaks to your heart? The Holy Spirit speaking the truth to the church and to the world. Let us pray. It's a humbling thing. We might uh, consider it a flattering thing that you should uh, be interested in talking to us. 
but we're valuable to you, Lord. You've created us in your image and likeness. You've created us for fellowship. There's so many things in the world that would otherwise distract and left to ourselves, left to our own sin and our sin natures that are bent on loving the darkness and loving evil, even when it comes in the form of religiosity. We're thankful, Lord, that you initiate a conversation with us, that you speak to us and you call us. We just pray, Lord, that we might be those chosen ones that would answer the call. Indeed, as you, as Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. And who is it that are chosen but those who answer that call? And so, Lord, um, if these things might seem strange to us or in some other, if we should be having some other sort of negative reaction to these truths, which whether we like them or not, or whether we do like them, they're truth. Uh, they're true uh, that you, by the Holy Spirit, might make them appealing to us. That uh, maybe we can't wrap our head around all of it, but something inside of us says it's good and it's right and I want more. Lord, I say yes to you. Do with me as you will. I'm listening. You're speaking, and I'm listening, and I want to do what you're saying. May my heart and the heart of all of us participating in this, this time of worship might have that response, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.